Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Tonight we're going to see how the Lord appears again to Abram. Abraham this time. Um, God had to reveal Himself to us. We could never reach Him on our own. And that's the difference between the true religion and all the false religions and false gods in the world. All religion is man's attempt to reach out to God. You look at Buddhism, you look at Islam, you look at uh, Hinduism, you look at Mormonism, you look at all of these different isms, and it's man trying to reach out and grope for God. That's what Paul talked about uh, in Acts chapter 17. He He talked about all the different gods that they had, and, and they had one that was even a, a god, there was a, a, a statue made to the unknown god. And, and Paul said, you know, uh, God uh, pointed the bounds of human be- beings, perhaps that they should grope for him and find him. But God didn't leave us just to look for him, just to search for him, to try to find some kind of a philosophy to be able to know him. No. God is a, the the true God, the God of the Bible is a revealing God. He is a self-revealing God. He didn't leave us in darkness. Amen? He revealed Himself. And that's what we see here when we come to Genesis chapter 18. He reveals Himself visually to Abraham in this text. We'll begin in verse 1. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and, be, and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, If I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourself, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it, and make cakes. And Abram, Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, She's in the tent. 
the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening to at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, uh, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for God, for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. About this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, No, but you did. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is alive. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word is a sword. Lord, it cuts even deeper than the the bone and the marrow. Lord, it is able to separate soul and spirit. Father, you... Come with your word, and we pray tonight that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see, that you would use your sword of the Spirit to do surgery on us. Lord, that you would cut away our sin. Lord, that you would uh, make us and fashion us more into the image of Jesus as we hear your word. Father, I pray that you give me grace and strength as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. The Lord appeared. Now, I've already been talking about this. The Lord appeared to Abraham because the the true God is a self-revealing God. We see that... In the Bible, whenever he appears to the characters like Abraham, like um, um, the prophets, uh, we think of Isaiah, that he appeared and, and was, was uh, filling up the whole temple. And this was a time when it was before we had all of Old Testament revelation. Abraham, Abraham, he lived hundreds of years before Moses, and Moses was the one that wrote these things down. Abraham lived in a time when he did not have the Scriptures. He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the Old Testament. He didn't have even the first five books of the Bible. If Abraham was going to be saved, then God had to reveal Himself to Abraham. And God revealed Himself to Abraham as He came and Abraham, it says here, he was at the oak, Oaks of Mamre. That may sound familiar to those of us who've been through uh, Genesis uh, week by week as we've been going through uh, the life of Abraham. And the very first section that we looked at uh, when it comes to Abraham, after God had given him the promise that he was going to bless Abraham, and he was going to bless those who bless him and curse those who curse them, and all the nations should be blessed in Abraham, 
Abraham leaves and, and he travels around and he keeps making altars in all these different places. And one of the places he makes an altar to worship the Lord is by the Oaks of Mamre. Well, here, Abraham is there in that same place where he'd worshiped the Lord before. And the Lord appears to him. Notice here, it says, it's the Lord that appeared to him. And if you look at your, your, the text of the Scripture... Addie, did you type this or did you copy and paste? Okay. Well, all right. Well, I guess they got it wrong. In my text here, it's all capitals. Uh, L-O-R-D, all capitals. Check your Bible to make sure. Uh, don't take my word. Be, for, be a Berean, you know. Search the Scriptures to make sure these things are so. But the all capital letters means that's talking about Yahweh. The, the God who made the stars, the God who made the, the sun and the moon, the God who made the earth, and the God who made the, the animals and the fish and, and, and human beings. That is the, the God who appeared to Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham. As Abraham had been sitting by the door of his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham didn't go out looking for him, right? He was just sitting there by the, t- by the... He was just concerned about trying to keep out of the heat. Maybe you worked out in the heat, needed some shade to protect yourself from the heat so you don't get exhausted. Well, Abraham, that's what he was doing. He wasn't looking for God. God just came to him. You know, that's sometimes how God... And that is, that is how God comes to each one of us. We're not looking for Him. When we're lost, we're dead in our sins and trespasses. We're rebels against Him. We're not looking for Him. And God comes to us. (laughs) Abraham wasn't looking for God. God just came to him. He was sitting by by his tent in the heat of the day. And that might sound familiar as well. We think of Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, the Lord would come and walk with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. But here's, this is different. Adam had, before the fall, had this great fellowship with God and God would come down and He would appear to Adam and they would walk together in the cool of the day while Abram was here sitting by the door of his tent trying to keep cool in the heat of the day. And the Lord appeared to him. Abram, he's just sitting here by the, the, by the door of his tent. And he looked up. His eyes looked up. And behold, there three men were standing in front of him. This is odd, isn't it? It says, the Lord appeared to Abram. And here it says, three men were there. That's interesting, isn't it? Now, I don't want to put too much in Moses' mind. Moses, he lived before the cross. He didn't understand how all this was going to be. But we as New Testament believers, we can look back and see and hear, and and, and there's three men here. I'm not going to say these three men were the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But what we can see is there's a hint here. There's a hint that there, there was a plurality there. Here we're talking about three men, and yet... It's the Lord, singular, that meets, that meets Abraham here. 
I don't want to go too deep into the weeds here because the, it's not really clear. There's just kind of an ambiguity here that, that we Christians who live on this side of the cross can look at and say, oh yeah, I can see that. He lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, I found my, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Here's another oddity. Abram is 99 years old. Okay? He's 99 years old. He, we just saw that in the last chapter where God had, had, had promised him you're going to have a son and, and he instituted this covenant with him. We, we saw he's 99 years old. Also, we also know he was a rather dignified person. He, in his household, earlier on in his life, we saw he had 318 soldiers as a part of his household. And not to mention all the women and children that were a part of his household. It doesn't ever use the word king about Abraham, but he took this army of 318 men and beat several kings. So he was almost kind of like a king-like figure here. And yet you have this 99-year-old king who when he sees the Lord, he gets up and runs. Can you imagine a 99-year-old man running? (laughs) Not to mention that, but he's a king. And kings wouldn't do that. Not, not, not literally, he doesn't, it never tells us he's a king. But he's like a dignified person. He's got servants that do things for him. But he, when he's standing there, he's sitting there by the, by the uh, tent door and he sees these men coming. He knows who it is. He knows this is the Lord and he runs to them. This is the response that Abraham has as God reveals himself. He sees the Lord revealing Himself and he runs to it. He runs to it. He's drawn to it. He can't help himself. He's very undignified here. He he leaves everything and he doesn't care what people think of this old man running. (laughs) He just runs because he wants to see the Lord. And it tells us He ran and he bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord. Now, this word, O Lord, it's not the ones in all capital letters. It's not um, um, Yahweh here. But the spelling of it, um, in some of what I've read, the spelling of it indicates that it's probably the name that we would... that God would go by whenever he, we're, we call Him Lord. Uh, the Lord God, um, that, that it, it's probably indicating here that it's the Lord. That Abraham was actually recognizing this is God. He falls on his face. So when the Lord appears to Abraham, what does he do? He runs, he, 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 he follows the initiative of God, he runs after Him, he's drawn to the Lord, and he also falls on his face in worship. When, when we meet the Lord, when, we become, when God reveals Himself to us, our response should be like Abraham. We should fall on our face and worship. We should fall on our face and worship. Now, we don't have visual appearances of the Lord today. 
We live now in a time that's different from Abraham. He didn't have the Old Testament. He didn't have the New Testament, just like I talked about before. But we do. And the way that God normally reveals Himself today is through His Word. It's through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's through reading His Word. So we need to have an experience with this self-revealing God. And the way that we can have an experience with this self-revealing God is by getting into the Word. Getting into the Word. Reading it. Meditating on it. Memorizing it. And it's a struggle sometimes. It's a struggle. I, 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 I feel ashamed to admit this, but I'm just going to be a little transparent. I started a few years ago to read through the Bible in a year, and I finally finished it about four years later. Okay? I, I, I read through my Bible. But it's a struggle for me. But you know what? How are we going to have an experience with God? How are we going to, be, to, to have an experience with, with these, this, reveal, this self-revealing God? It's by getting into His Word. By reading it, meditating on it, memorizing it, studying it, by hearing the preaching of the Bible week by week by week, by meeting together with other Christians and affirm, uh, encouraging one another with Scripture, by singing Scripture to one another, all of those things of getting the Word into our lives. And that's one reason why we do the things we do here at Redeemer. We begin the service right after we pray, and right after we have our first song, we begin with a reading of Scripture. And then, when we come to the, to the uh, sermon time, I don't spend a lot of time just telling stories. But it's line by line through the Bible. Because that is where we experience God. It's in the Bible. That is where we experience God. And so, do you, if we want to have an experience with this self-revealing God, we've got to be in the Bible. Amen? So when he saw them, he ran to the... Uh, tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O oh Lord, if I've found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. He tells them, stay, linger. We want to, I want to spend time and, and have you stay here. He wasn't hurried to let him go pass by, right? He wanted him to stay. And so many times we can rush into our time of worship, right? We can do our thing read our Bible, and then move on, and we don't remember. Abraham here, he wanted it to linger, to spend some time with the Lord. Since you have come to your servant. So, they said, I'm sorry, my eyes are having trouble tonight. Let a, uh, let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves here under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. So here's what 
Abram offers. I'm just going to go get a little snack. I'm going to bring a scrap of bread. You just wait right here. I'll go get a scrap of bread. I'll be right back. This is what Abraham says. They said, okay, we'll take a snack. <laughs> but Abram, he, he doesn't, there's a contrast here between what Abraham says, oh, I'm just going to go get a scrap of bread, and what Abraham does. He's lavish in his hospitality here. Um, here he, it says, verse 6, and Abraham went quickly into the tent. He, he, he's hurried about this. He went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it, make cakes. He's not talking about just a little scrap of bread. He said, make some cakes. And then Abram ran quickly and he took some curds and milk. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep skipping lines. Abram ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man and prepared it, and who prepared it quickly. So not only are they just going to have a scrap of bread, but he's getting a calf. And I think, I think of uh, the story of the prodigal son here, right? The prodigal son's father, he ran whenever he saw his son far off. Um, and also, he took a, a, a calf and slaughtered it, a cow and slaughtered it to, re, to rejoice. Well, Abraham was having that kind of hospitality, he, he took a calf for these three men. Uh, he, he had Sarah make cakes. And then he took curds and milk and the calf that he prepared and he set it before them. Abraham had lavish hospitality. So one of the things that ought to be a response from our worship, one of the things that ought to be a response from our time in the Word Ought to be like Abraham. We ought to pour ourselves out in hospitality towards others. Have you thought about that? We ought to pour ourselves out in hospitality towards others. Amy, uh, Amy and I listened part of the way through a book called uh, uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And uh, then Amy started listening to it over again, and she finally finished it today. <laughs> okay? She finally finished it today. But the basic point of that book is that one of the best ways you can do evangelism today is by using hospitality. Um, it's very difficult to get somebody who's not a believer to come to church. You invite them to come to church, and they might say, oh yeah, I'll come sometime. And you never see them, right? But you know what you can do that might have more success? Invite them into your home. Lavish hospitality on them and try to find an opportunity to share the gospel while they're there. That would be something that would be great if each one of our members, uh, each believer would do to, to invite people who are, maybe, some, maybe God may put somebody on your mind to think, I'm going to invite that person over to my house and share the gospel with them. An experience of worship an experience of the, the, the self-revealing God ought to break out in our hearts with love for one another. And that expresses itself in hospitality to others, just like Abraham did here. And then the last very part of, of uh, verse 8, 
And he stood by them under a tree while they ate. (laughs) Abraham was an important man. He was dignified. And yet, we see here a model like Jesus. He made himself a servant. He was the one who ran and got all the things together and he gave, and, and, and they were able to eat and satisfy themselves while he just stood there and waited while they served themselves, while they ate. That's the kind of love and service that worship, that an encounter with the true God of the Bible ought to produce in us. It ought to cause us to be the kinds of people who don't put ourselves first, who serve others. Verse 9. Then they said to him, well, back up. Verses 1 through 8 here are basically Abraham's first experience there as, as, uh, as the three men come to him. The Lord... These three men were thinking there may be implications regarding the Trinity here. And, and his experience and his response to, his, to the Lord's appearance to them as his revealing to him. Now, they're going to hone in here and talk about Sarah and the promise. And we're, we're going to see a reiteration of the promise that he just talked about in chapter 17. Verse 9. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. The Lord, okay, notice this. They said to him, where is Sarah? So there's, it's they, it's plural, and there's one voice speaking, right? They, plural, one voice says, where is Sarah, your wife? And the next line, it says, then the Lord said, again, indicating this, hint, this glimpse of the Trinity that we see later in the New Testament. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. He he reveals again the promise. The, the, The last text in chapter 17, it said that God had appeared, but we don't see this this physical manifestation that we saw here in chapter 18. Here, you have the same promise reiterated again. And yet you have this physical manifestation of of these three men. Are they angels? Are they the three persons of the Trinity? I I believe they they were probably angels that God was speaking through. Uh, It it often talks about the angel of the Lord that that God was speaking to. And so like when the prophets, uh, when, when God would speak through the prophets, they would say, Thus saith the Lord, right? And it was the Lord's voice that was speaking to him, even though it was the prophet who would say it, right? In the same way, these angels who were, this angel of the Lord that was, that was appearing to uh, Abraham, the Lord appeared to him by the manifestation of these three angels, and he revealed himself in this way. That may be get a little bit heady. So, they promise again, uh, he promises again, that Sarah is going to have a a son by this time next year. And Sarah, here's her response. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. 
Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. Okay, we're getting some background information here. Abraham and Sarah were old, as if we didn't know that already. We already heard in the last chapter, he's 99 years old. She's 90 years old. They were old, advanced in years, and the way of a woman had ceased to be with Sarah. She'd already gone through menopause. She was not able to have a child. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Here, uh, that's a very similar, there's a mirror here of what the way Abraham responded in the last chapter. In the last chapter, Abraham responded by laughing as well. Uh, we'll go back and, and look at that. Then, verse 17 of, of chapter 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who's ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. you know, Abraham can't believe what God had said to him the last time. But we don't see any indication of fear. It's more of a, a laugh of kind of a wonder. Can you believe God would do this? Ha! <laughs> Sarah here, she's fearful. So maybe there's a kind of a unbelieving, not saying that she's unsaved, but kind of an unbelieving uh, laugh there. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I can't believe that would happen. And the reason I, I think that may, there may be some kind of a, a sinful tendency to this laugh is because she feared, she denied it. She denied it. Now, that I think is something we can also relate to. Even as believers, sometimes we are tempted into unbelief. Even as believers, sometimes we are tempted into unbelief. In fact, I would say that every time we sin, it's because we really didn't believe God's promises. We, didn't, we, we believed that that God was withholding something from us. And that's why, why we reach out for things that, we don't, that are not ours, that we covet, that we do all these things. It's because we don't really believe what God has said. That's the root of every sin. Adam and Eve in the garden. God had told them, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of evil, of good and evil. The serpent, what's he do? Did God really say? Does God really say? And, and he causes a doubt within Eve's mind to doubt that what God said was good. So even believers, we can do this. And what do we do whenever we experience these moments of doubt, even as a believer? Even, even those times when we are unbelieving, we confess it. We confess it to God. Because, you know, we have a great high priest who's able to sympathize with our weakness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the Lord responds to, Abraham, uh, to Sarah's laughter. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Notice this. Sarah, she's not even out there with them. She's back in the tent. 
Okay? She laughs to herself. There may not have even been any noise. But the Lord knows what's going on. He sees inside of our very hearts. And he asks Abram, why does Sarah laugh? Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? And then he, he answers that objection. Is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer that's implied is no. There's nothing that's too hard for the Lord. The Lord made everything by speaking, let there be. Let there be light, and there was light. Let it happen. Let, let the earth, uh, you know, let, let the dry ground be separated from the waters, and it was so. All of those things. If God can do that, then of course, He can make a 90-year-old woman have a baby. And I think here, can God change a lost, dying sinner? And I'm not just talking about any lost, dying sinner. Can God change people who live here in Panama who are hardened to the gospel? People who we've knocked on their doors and invited them to come. Can God change them? And we have to remind ourselves of what God said to Abraham here. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing is. This community will not be reached for Christ because we were so good. This community will not be reached for Christ because we had the best programs or anything like that. This community will only be reached for Christ when the Lord decides it's time. When the Lord breaks through the hearts of people who would, were not even looking for Him. I've talked with Mike here before. <laughs> and when we, when we were first kind of beginning to get to know each other and I talked about how I pastor here in Panama, he said, well, that's kind of a tough sell. He knows this community. But you know what? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Our dependence has to be on Him. At the, and, and then the Lord responds after He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At this time, next year. Ah, at the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Whew, that is good news for Abraham. We're looking at 75 years, we're looking at 25 years in the making. God called Abram out of Ur at 75 years old. He promised him that he was going to have a descendant, uh, and we see this over and over again. And Abraham's been waiting on this for 25 years. And Abraham, he's thinking, this is impossible. I can't do this. And at times, he's even in unbelief, taking matters into his own hands. And after 25 years, God fulfills the promise. He says, this time next year, I'm going to be, be back and Sarah's going to have a child. That's got to be music to Abraham's ears. But, the text says, but Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid 
He said, no, but you did laugh. I think there's got to be some humor there too. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) You know better. All this, let's let's see what we can, how we can apply this to, to wrap things up. Abraham had an encounter with this self-revealing God. The God who revealed himself to Abraham as the messenger or as the angel of the Lord is the God who has revealed himself to us in the scriptures. He is the God who took on flesh and dwelt among us. And John chapter 1 says, and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten. He lived among human beings for 30 years. He lived a sinless, perfect life, never sinned, always completely obedient to his Father's will. And he died as an innocent man, was crucified was killed as an innocent man to take the punishment that we deserve. We are all sinners. We are all rebels. We are all dead in our trespasses and sins. But He took our punishment. He paid our debt so that we could live forever. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be reconciled and set right with the living God. God has revealed Himself in Jesus Christ and in what He did on the cross. He revealed His love by dying on the cross for us. What will be our response? Will we fall on our face and worship like Abraham? Will we long for and be drawn to His Word like Abraham ran to the Lord? Or will we ignore it? Will we think there's nothing to it? The Lord is revealing Himself through His Word and all each of us must do is listen to that voice. Trust in Him. Run to Him. And we can be changed and made new and born again. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.